And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, it's December 7th, a day that will live in infamy when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. Hard to believe it's been 80 years since Pearl Harbor was attacked. And so I thought on this show we would take a few moments to talk about it, reflect on it, remember everything that happened on that day, and maybe kind of think about where we are today in correlation to what happened on December 7th, 1941. Were you there? Now, that could be a facetious question because, of course, a lot of us weren't there. Not too many people left that were there that day, that witnessed that event, that day that will live in infamy. My grandfather was on the USS California that was hit at Pearl Harbor, and I remember him telling some stories about his time there and what he went through, and it was hard to get kind of some of the the more dramatic details, I guess, if you want to call it that, from that day, because he really doesn't quite remember a lot of it. Because, again, when the USS California was hit, he was injured on that day. And so maybe a lot of things he doesn't want to recall. So for a lot of people, it was a struggle to get through December 7th, 1941. But in case you don't know, because it is, it has been 80 years since that day, and I was in class talking to some students, asking them if they knew about it. And unless they had family members that were in the military, because oftentimes military families will remember these things, a lot of people have forgotten or didn't know what Pearl Harbor was, didn't really know much about World War II. So if you aren't familiar with what Pearl Harbor is or what it's about, let's do a little refresher course, take you back to school. On Sunday, December 7, 1941, shortly before 8 a.m., Japan launched a surprise attack on the United States of America by bombing the U.S. naval base at Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. The base was attacked by 350 Imperial Japanese aircrafts. Though the raid only lasted 75 minutes, the Japanese destroyed or damaged nearly 20 American naval vessels, including 8 battleships and more than 340 airplanes. Over 2,400 Americans died in the attack, and many more were wounded. While the attack on Pearl Harbor was a surprise, tensions between the U.S. and Japan had deteriorated over the decade, in particular with regards to Japan's expansion into China. The plan for attacking Pearl Harbor was to destroy the U.S.'s Pacific Fleet, a move which would give the Japanese time to carry out its plans to keep control of the Pacific without U.S. interference. The shock of the attack without declaration of war enraged the American public and rallied the nation to get behind a war many hoped to avoid. At the beginning of his speech to Congress requesting a declaration of war, President Franklin D. Roosevelt delivered this now famous line. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. On December 8, 1941, 
One day after the attack, the United States Congress declared war on Japan, officially entering World War II. So about 350 planes attacked Pearl Harbor, sinking battleships like the USS Arizona, where an 1,800-pound bomb hit the ship, hit the Ford ammunition container or storage place on the ship, and sunk that battleship. And if you go to Pearl Harbor today, there's a memorial, kind of a monument of the USS Arizona. I've never been, but people tell me that when you go there, it's kind of, it's a sacred place, but it's also awe-inspiring. And it's also a little, I don't want to say less impressive, but at the time, the USS Arizona was a battleship, along with a lot of the other battleships in the fleet. But today's standards, it was really small. It's a really tiny ship. So the technology for the U.S. Navy has obviously advanced over the years, and it's, it's a dramatic difference between what we see today. So some people, when they get there, they expect something, and then they realize that, wait a minute, this was 1941, and what we know today and what we see today and the military, the military might that we have today isn't quite the same as far as the equipment goes and stuff. It was a smaller scale battleship and stuff that was going on and i found that interesting to think about because times have changed and oftentimes we do forget we forget about what it was like back then i mean we think about 350 planes sent by the japanese to pearl harbor and nowadays we have drones we have drones that we send to drop bombs on places and we've come a long ways in those 80 years but if you ever get to Pearl Harbor, you should go out and see the USS Arizona. Take a moment to reflect and remember all those people that were not only on board that ship, but all those people that lost their lives, over 2,400 deaths at Pearl Harbor. Over 1,000 people were wounded, plus the impact of everybody else that was there. You had over 300 planes destroyed, U.S. planes, eight battleships. You had a resolve that the Japanese actually tried to kill, crush. That's what they were going for. They thought they could come in and they could attack Pearl Harbor and that would be the end of it for the U.S. and the Pacific. But they did not quite rely or or they did not quite know what the fighting spirit of the American citizen was going to be like. The U.S. resolve to fight back. And that was expressed the next day, as you heard in that opening little historical piece. FDR had this speech with the famous, a day that will live in infamy. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation and at the solicitation of Japan was still in conversation with its government and its emperor looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. The attack yesterday on the Hawaiian Islands has caused severe damage 
to American naval and military forces. I regret to tell you that very many American lives have been lost. In addition, American ships have been reported torpedoed on the high seas between San Francisco and Honolulu. As Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy, I have directed that all measures be taken for our defense, but always will our whole nation remember the character of the onslaught against us. No matter how long it may take us to overcome this premeditated invasion, the American people in their righteous might will win through to absolute victory. And that righteous might did come through, and the U.S. ultimately victorious in not only the Pacific theater, but also over in the European theater, and coming out victorious in World War II. But a day that will live in infamy. Words that even Franklin Delano Roosevelt would not realize just how infamous that day would be. We came out of World War I, which was supposed to be the war to end all wars. And then we go into World War II, 1941. World War II goes for about four or five years, depending upon where you want to end World War II. And then some lingering years after that, when you talk about rebuilding, and you talk about having to come out of war and reestablish our country in a post-war a post-war era, maybe. But then we go right into Korea. In the 50s, we have Korea. And then we have the start of Vietnam. And we have the Vietnam War until about 75. And then, sure, there's an era of maybe peace, maybe a few conflicts here and there, like Grenada, that we go off to. And then 1991, it's the Gulf War. And then we have the Gulf War 1 and 2, and we have Kuwait, and we have Iraq, and then we have Afghanistan. And it's not until 2021, was it August, September, when President Biden withdrew the troops from Afghanistan? So 80 years of wars started December 7th, 1941. So that day that will live in infamy, which a lot of people don't remember, which a lot of people have forgotten, was a precursor to where we are to just in recent history. And sure, we've got our troops around the world. We're still in Korea. We still got troops around the world. But December 7th, 1941, kind of started this era of war that we've been a part of since that day. And so you take a look at what Franklin Delano Roosevelt said that day. That righteous might. I think Japan underestimated the U.S. that day, underestimated its resolve, underestimated its response, thought that we were going to roll over and die. But that fighting spirit arose across the country, and we fought back. That's something to think about when it comes to our own lives. Think of all the people that rallied together during World War II. 
that came together for the common good of the country, that came together to fight an enemy, not on one front, which is difficult enough as it is, but on the second front. And think about Pearl Harbor. Think about what the Japanese tried to do that day. They tried to destroy the Navy, which would end the U.S. resolve in the Pacific, and they could claim victory and have free reign over the Pacific. But what did they do? They destroyed battleships, airplanes, definitely destroyed the lives of people. But what they did not really gather that day was the fact that they left resources. They left resources available for the Navy to rebuild. They left fuel depots standing. Instead of blowing up the fuel, they left fuel depots. So there's still fuel. They left shipyards, places to rebuild, submarine docks for them to rebuild, shipyards to rebuild, repair houses to rebuild. And the one key element at the time, sure, battleships up until 1941 was probably the key and still is a a very key factor in naval warfare. But the one thing that they didn't really estimate was the aircraft carrier. The aircraft carriers in the fleet weren't at Pearl Harbor that day. They were dispersed. So they missed the mark. They weren't able to put the dagger in the heart of America and the Navy. So the Navy was able to rebuild. The Navy was able to get back out there and ultimately lead to uh, victory. That's what we got to think about. We got to think about overcoming some of these things, not concede defeat, have that righteous might rise up within us when we're dealing with obstacles and things that we have to overcome. Dealing with things that we see in our lives that might be devastating. Pearl Harbor was definitely a devastating event. A day that will live in infamy. 80 years later, we still talk about it. We still remember it. The USS Arizona laying there at the bottom of Pearl Harbor as a memorial to things that happened on that day. Movies. Torah, 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 a Japanese version of that day. Pearl Harbor, which I've noticed on social media, a lot of people might watch tonight, they were suggesting. There was another uh, documentary-type film, I think from 1943, From Here to Eternity. Then, of course, something that's not specifically related to uh, Pearl Harbor, but an important battle is the Battle of Midway, both the original and the one that just came out a couple years ago, I believe it was 2019. If you get a chance, maybe it's time to... Revisit some of those movies. Kind of relive what happened so we remember. Because that's the thing we forget. We forget about the sacrifices that were paid. I mean, think about it. We have month-long celebrations for all kinds of things. Spanish Heritage Month, African American Heritage Month, any other Pride Month. But yet we only have a couple of days set aside for our veterans, for the military, We have Memorial Day and Veterans Day. One day to remember those that paid the ultimate price, and then one day to remember all those that served. Why not a military pride month? Why not something to celebrate the military? Why not celebrate the people that gave us the freedoms to be able to celebrate all these other things? Because think about it. If we lost, where would we be that day? 80 years later, where would this country be? Where are we headed? Are we just going to forget the sacrifices that resolve that righteous might and fold to the pressures that's going on in this world today? 
Why are we giving that resolve away? We fought back in 1941 and the years that followed to keep that righteous might going. And now we're just folding, caving to the pressures of other countries. Why do we do that? Why do we allow that to happen? Do we want to give up those freedoms? I see people on social media all the time talking about all kinds of craziness. Yet they forget the realization that the people that gave them that ability, that freedom to talk all that craziness paid the ultimate price. And would they be willing to do that? I don't think so. I don't think they would be willing to do that. When we take a look at our own lives, the lessons that can be learned from Pearl Harbor is don't concede defeat. Bring out that righteous might in you. Rebuild. What areas in your life are still surviving? Which areas in your life can you utilize? What strengths can you use to overcome your weaknesses? Because there's a lot that can be learned there. So we need to get back to that in our own lives, in our country, in our communities, in our schools. Whatever it is, wherever it is, we need to get back to that. And we need to remember those that paid the ultimate sacrifice, that gave their lives. And we need to do it more often than just a couple times a year. Recently, we talked about the 100th year of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Unknown soldiers, people that we don't know that sacrificed their lives. And then think about all the people at Pearl Harbor and all the other battles. I think it's summed up best. It was 1984. President Ronald Reagan was in office. And he gave a Memorial Day speech. That is right up there with all the great speeches that have been ever said by a president commemorating our military. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes They just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Port Chop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Think about all the people that have sacrificed. Think about what we've achieved because of that, like what President Reagan said what we've prospered in this time, the things that we've unleashed, the things that we have released, that energy that drove us to be the greatest country in the world. Where is that? Where is that individual genius 
of the fellow man creating things, driving our country to a stronger future, doesn't seem to be there anymore. It's given way to all this other distractions that's tearing us down. A lot of issues, a lot of infighting over things. And people have forgotten. People have forgotten where we came from. The price that we paid was not cheap. But yet people like to just piss it away. They're entitled. I feel like I deserve this. I own this. This is mine just because I'm here. Well, what did you do? What did you do to earn it? This everybody gets a trophy mentality that started. That's fine. Participation trophies are fine. I don't really have any thoughts on that. But this, I deserve it, or this, it belongs to me, or I need it because I want it. I mean, look about what's going on in some of these places with all these like robberies that are going on, these smash and grabs and law enforcement trying to do their best, but district attorneys, they don't care. Release them. People that shouldn't have been released on bail, getting back out there, committing more crimes. The state of our country eroding away to the pressures of other countries. We went to war. We went to fight. We, uh, we, played, uh, we paid the price with blood, sweat, tears. And now we're just giving that away. Where's our country pride? People desecrating the flag. Why? It's under that fabric of that flag in which you can do those things. Sure, there's a lot of problems, but we got to come together. There's a great divide. It goes back to the fact that I've been saying all along, we can't rely on politicians. We can't rely on people on the national level. It starts at the grassroots level. It starts in our neighborhoods. It starts in our communities. It starts in places that you and I engage every single day because without that engagement, we don't have it. We're lost to the masses that have no clue what we're doing. I mean, think about that. The one example I'll use, and I don't want to get into it because we've talked about it a lot, but just take a look at the masks, the mandates that have been put down, but yet how many times do we see people? The most recent, the Oregon governor wants endless masks and yet is found just recently without wearing one. Happens all the time. See, we're, we're giving away our freedoms that the people, our forefathers and others that came before us, the sacrifices that they made, we're giving those away. Why? Why do you want that? Something that you have to answer and think about. As to class recently, if they knew about Pearl Harbor or anything about Pearl Harbor, nobody knew. Nobody knew anything about it. Maybe a few exceptions that had maybe people in the military, fathers or grandfathers, but nobody really knew about it. So I think it's time that we get back to remembering more than just two times or maybe three times a year. Maybe we need to devote a whole month to remembering the military. On social media, one of the things that I do really enjoy watching are the, the veterans or the, the soldiers that come home and how they surprise their family members, whether it be mom and dad, whether it be siblings, whether it be a significant other, whatever it might be. I always watch those all the way through. Love watching those. I'll like them. Don't like a whole lot on social media, but I'll engage with them because that's something that we just take for granted. You know, we sit there and we don't realize the sacrifices that people are going to be making this holiday season, being away from home, being someplace else. Now, fortunately, a lot of people have recently come home and going to spend the holidays with their families, maybe for the first time in a long time. 
But the holiday is an opportunity to reach out to people, reach out to people overseas. You know, the holiday season is the toughest time of year for a lot of people. It's that way because you got to deal with a lot of emotions. It's in a range of emotions. You go from happiness and joy, feeling good, excited. You got the uh, Christmas season. Maybe you got the Hanukkah season. And then you got the New Year. And then maybe the Chinese New Year. So a lot of good things happen around this time of year and into the new year. A lot of anticipation of good things. A lot of anticipation of change for the better. But then there's a lot of sadness. A lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. Maybe some people have rage and anger because things didn't go their way this past year. Maybe they've lost people, lost loved ones, and they're going through this holiday season for the first time without a significant other, without somebody in their family, or just things have changed so much that life is just completely different. And how do we overcome that? What are some of the things that we can do to have a better holiday? Because the holiday season is a tough time of year. From the time Thanksgiving ends until the time Christmas ends, that's a period of time in our lives where we focus on the the blessings that are in our life. And so often that people hit the holidays and they focus on what's missing from their life, whether it's a relationship or a person in their life. And in, in my world, in the career I have, we're inundated at the holidays with from people with letters from people who are missing somebody for the holidays. But almost everybody has somebody that will be in their life during the holidays. And I encourage people to be thankful for everyone that is here, that is in your life, that is still living, that you can still wish a Merry Christmas to, and uh, and rejoice in that. So a lot of times the holiday season brings around sadness because people aren't around. People have moved away. What was last year isn't the same. How many times have you heard that through life, that if we can only go back to whatever time and date, it would be better? And we often forget about the people right in front of us, the people that are there with us right now. Could be your neighbor. Could be your community. Could be the people around you. Maybe some people at work. Maybe you don't like the people at work, so maybe it's the people at your church or another social setting. Maybe it's people online. Maybe you've met some people and you chat online. Got those pen pal type people. Maybe you've got people that you've met on social media where you engage and interact. And maybe they're in another country, but you can still engage and talk with them. Maybe we need to change our focus, change our mindset to what blessings do we have. I want you to think about this for a minute. Okay, think about this. Your thoughts create your feelings. So decide you are happy and you will be. But think about that. Your thoughts create your feelings. Isn't that true? We think about things that make us depressed, so we become depressed. We think about things that are exciting. We become excited. We think about things that are interesting. We become interested. We think about things that are boring, so we become bored. Our thoughts create our feelings. So if we think happy, our mindset goes back to that lion's mentality. If we think that we're going to be happy, we will be. Sometimes we have to train our brain to be able to think a certain way, to turn off the negativity. There's a guy I know that sometimes I'll send a message because he'll post things online and it's always something of the negative sort. 
always negative. Can't remember the last time something positive was put forth. And he's always complaining about something, whether it's daylight savings time, whether it's the price of this or not fair wages or whatever. There's always something that he's complaining about. Never looks at the positive. And so I'll send him a message every once in a while. Hey, did you try this? Hey, why don't you do that? Hey, I'll suggest this. No, always a negative in that response. Well, you're going to be negative because that's your thoughts leading to your feelings and your feelings are negative. So therefore you're going to have depressed thoughts, unhappy thoughts, thoughts of negativity. Your thoughts create your feelings. Maybe that's something we should think about because if happiness is a choice, we need to take action. We need to take action this holiday season so that we can have the best holiday season. Again, a lot of us coming out of a pandemic, some might have lived in an area where life was a little freer, so you got to get together with family members and never really missed out on that traditional holiday get-together. Other people lived in a place where they were so fearful that they missed out on a lot of things, not just the holidays, but a lot of different things. Didn't leave their house for over a year. Others maybe took some precautions and just decided, you know what, we're going to not meet this time and just be safe. You know, some responsible actions to just make sure that everyone's okay. So there's a varying degree of how the holidays have been, especially in 2020. Now, 2021, want to try to make up for that. Want to go out there. So a lot of people might be posting a lot of things on social media. A lot more happiness, maybe a lot more memories being made. But yet then there's still a lot of sadness, a lot of depression, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. How do we deal with that? Well, again, maybe it's that mindset, your thoughts. What's going through your mind? What are they creating inside you? And are you going to dwell on that? Or should we focus on that happiness? And happiness is a choice. So if you're feeling unhappy and lonely and feeling sorry for yourself that you don't have someone to be with during the holidays and you find yourself watching other couples and it stabs you in the heart a little bit and it makes you miss somebody in particular, that's all your thoughts that are keeping you unhappy. So decide that you're going to have a happy holiday and that you're not alone. And use it as an opportunity to go out and meet other people who are also single. Because single people do go out a lot during the holidays. And what a great time. There's so many holiday parties. So get out. Do as much as you can. Even just go have dinner at the bar in a nice restaurant. It's a great way to meet people. I've had so many clients meet great people sitting at bars at restaurants. Because especially in New York City, because I think rather than sit at home in your tiny little apartment, it's better to go out. And by sitting at the bar, you're saying that you're open to talking to other people. And even if you don't per se meet somebody, you usually have a nice time. And maybe you'll meet a nice new friend who can invite you to something. And when you meet people, don't feel afraid to say to them, hey, I've been trying to get out and be social more. Do you know of any parties or can you make any recommendations? And you never know. People might actually say, oh, yeah, you know what? We're having a party this weekend. You should come. So in that clip, she talks about basically taking control. Okay, she talks about taking control and being proactive in how we do our holidays. 
So one of the things she recommends is going to the bar, being out there, meeting people, talking to people, because a bar is a more universal, social-friendly place to interact with people, especially strangers, people we don't know. And, of course, if it doesn't work out, then we can just drown our sorrows in a bunch of booze, a bunch of eggnog. No, but it's, it's taking a proactive approach to our holiday season. It's getting out there. It's being in control. It's creating those thoughts. It's creating your happiness. It's creating how you're feeling because your thoughts aren't, I'm at home, I'm sad, everybody else has someone, everybody else is with other people, and I'm not. And those depressive states of thoughts keep coming in. So you're creating something. Ask around. What's going on? What's going on around town? You know, what's going on in different places that I can go to? You know, one of the things over the course of life in radio especially when I was working in smaller town and doing sports broadcasting, I would travel a lot, go uh, to different cities, different towns, cover games. And a lot of times I would spend a lot of time by myself. Maybe it was a tournament somewhere in Rapid City. And so, you know, I'd be in a hotel for a week and I'd be covering these tournament games. And then at night, I'm just by myself. And oftentimes I would not just sit at the hotel and watch TV or whatever. I'd get out there. I'd go someplace I would start off maybe at a restaurant or maybe just downstairs in the hotel lounge because uh, people down there are traveling, start striking up conversations, finding out more about people, about the world. There's a lot you can learn just by listening to people, ask them a question like, hey, where are you from? Where are you going? What's going on? And you listen to people, you can learn a lot. You can really learn a lot by observing and listening. You can learn more by observing and listening than you can by probably pretty much anything else, especially more than talking. But so I'd be out there and I'd be talking to people. And then I'd find out from maybe some locals some cool places to go. You know, places to go see some historical spots. Obviously, the uh, Mount Rushmore in the area of uh, Rapid City was a place that they, everyone recommended. But sometimes they would recommend some other things. Little museums. Little uh, places that might be of insignificance. But because I'm there for the week, it's kind of exciting. You know, go to Las Vegas, same thing. You know, obviously Las Vegas, you've got all the sights and sounds and glamour and you've got the casinos and all that stuff, but there's other things to do there. There's a lot of things there that I would that I did that I didn't realize was available because I'd ask around. What's some cool places to go see, some cool places to go do? What are some places that are maybe off strip or not as popular to be able to go see and do? And you can find out, or even the hotels. You know, so you got to ask around because you can learn a lot. So as you're maneuvering through this holiday season, things might be different for you, or maybe it's not going as planned. Take some action, you know, and it might be you having to reach out to people, texting, calling, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? You know, and hopefully people on the other end are receptive. Now, granted, there has to be realistic expectations because people on the other end might be like busy family going on because the holidays are very busy for a lot of people but maybe just a text back and forth or just be like hey you know what it's kind of uh kind of hard struggling a little bit with uh the emotions of the holidays on the negative side of things can you just you know chat with me for a few and hopefully there's some responsive people out there but we got to take action because a lot of times we can't read minds obviously we don't know what people are thinking we try to open ourselves to the signals and try to see if there's anything different about them, maybe their moods or maybe their habits, but we can't read minds. So we have to be able to rely on you guys to communicate to us if we're struggling, or maybe you just want to reach out to people. You know, there used to be a day when we'd get Christmas cards 
and people would send Christmas cards, and then people would also write their yearly letter in the Christmas cards. We don't get that anymore. Maybe you still do that. Maybe you could do that. Maybe that's a way to reach out to people. Send them the old-fashioned Christmas card. Go shopping for the Christmas cards, and then you write them out instead of just pounding away on a keyboard and sending an email. Maybe you create the Christmas card. You make them. You know, a lot of people are into gifts. So instead of maybe just going and buying something, because supposedly there's a supply chain issue, maybe you make something, you know, maybe you make something and it means something to people. I mean, for example, the TSA lights right here, someone made them for me. I truly appreciate it. I like them. That's why I showcase them. You know, people might look at me like unimpressed, but to me, it's impressive. To me, I like the thought behind it. I like to sit here and do this show and realize that somebody had the thoughtfulness of making them to not only enhance the show, but to let me know that they're listening. And I appreciate that. You know, sometimes it's just the little things that we have to do, but it starts with our mind. It's in our mind and our mindset because our thoughts dictate our feelings. And if our feelings are down and in the dumps, then our thoughts are obviously going to be there. But if our thoughts are high in the sky, you get motivated. You want to do things. It's that euphoria that you experience when things are going good. And it's like battling the, the demons in us. We constantly have to fight them at these times. You know, how many times uh, do you guys put together your resolutions for the new year? And then by February, done. Don't do them anymore. Quit the gym two weeks in, or maybe you're still paying your yearly membership, but you haven't gone in like 50 weeks, you know? So we have to be, be proactive in what we do. We have to have a plan. We have to plan for the holidays. Make sure we're not overdoing it. Make sure we're not stressing ourselves. The other thing that's kind of hard to deal with, not only is it the being alone or being single or, or missing out on people because maybe they've passed away or maybe you've moved and so traditions are different. You moved away from friends or maybe friends moved away. I know there's some states where there's mass exoduses going on. So a lot has changed. And so you've got to go through that range of emotions, okay? And maybe you're with people, with family, but you're still going through those emotions, okay? It's the same thing. If you're single, if you're not, if you're with family, if you're not, it doesn't matter. It's what you're going through as an individual that you need to check. Make sure you're doing okay. But what about family? Obviously, we get together with family, and you all know family isn't always what you see on TV, the Cleavers, the Brady Bunch, insert any number of TV families. Maybe you're more like the Bundys. Maybe you're more like the Simpsons. But there can be times where we have to deal with toxic family. We have to deal with family members that we don't really want to. How do we handle those? I'd answer that first off by saying, you know, it's the holidays. You don't have to live inside that box. It's okay not to be in that box. You know, we always think about, oh, the traditional holidays. Well, what's traditional holidays? Do the holidays they want, uh, do the holidays the way you want to. You don't have to do it like society tells you, but there might be times where we have to deal with family. How do we go about doing that? Hopefully your family experience is a good one, but maybe there's a time or two you have to deal with a family member or family members that you don't really want to. How do we go about uh, dealing with that? Maybe it comes down to having a plan. One thing to keep in mind is 
in any of these situations, the, the one thing that we really have control over is ourselves. We can't control that aunt or uncle or family member. Um, but what we can do is think about beforehand, how do I want to respond? So if I anticipate that something's going to come up in a family situation that's awkward, how do I want to handle that? How do I want to respond to that? And even think about a plan ahead of time that might be helpful. Maybe even if you have someone with you, whether it's a significant other or a friend, let them know, you know, this might happen and this is what I want to do and how can they support you in doing that. Um, another thing, if you're in awkward family situations, give yourself a moment, take a breather, whether you can go take a walk or even, might sound silly, but take a couple minutes in the bathroom to yourself just to relieve some of that stress. So have a plan, have an out, an out plan. Maybe you exclaim, hey, anybody have rhubarb pie? Who has rhubarb pie? And maybe there's no rhubarb pie, and that's the key for people in the know to, hey, it's time to go. I don't know. Be creative with it. Have some fun with it. That's the other thing, too. A lot of times people will take things, and you have to deal with the negativity. You have to deal with some things that aren't so great, right? And so we go about and we get angry. We go about and we're like, can you believe Uncle Bob did this or Aunt so-and-so did that? And, you know, um, and we get all negative about it. But why not have some fun with it? You know going into it that Uncle Johnny or Aunt Sue or the cousins, they're going to be a certain way. Or the cousins' kids. Oh, my goodness. They're holy terrors. Okay, we know that going in. So have some fun with your escape route or your plan. You know, do something different. Be creative with it. You know, it's okay. You don't always have to deal with negative in a negative way. Think about that. You don't have to deal with negative in a negative way. You can have some fun with dealing with the negative. Spice it up. Be a little different. Because, again, you don't have to live in that box. You can live outside that box with the holidays and do it the way you want to do it. But you're going to do it. Maybe it's coworkers. Maybe it's friends. You know, during Thanksgiving time, you hear a lot of people have those Friendsgivings. Maybe you have to get together with some friends during the holidays. Maybe people are back in town. Maybe they're back in town from college or on vacation from work. And they want to see you and you're like, "Ah, I don't really want to. Well, it's okay to say no, first of all. But okay, maybe you feel like you kind of want to, but you don't want to be out all night. So have a backup plan. You know, get cell phones. Stage a call. Phone rings. Oh, I got to go. Take off. But have a plan and do you. But again, it's your mindset going into it. If you think it's going to be negative going into this meeting with family, friends, or whatever, it's going to be negative. It starts with your mind. And then your heart, too. Remember that. What's your heart doing this holiday season? You know, maybe it's time to uh, try some new things. You know, charity. There's a lot of people out there that could use somebody, anybody to talk to. Maybe it's a retirement home. Might be a little bit harder in the COVID era, but you never know. Maybe it's a charity needing extra help. Maybe it's delivering gifts. Maybe it's a children's hospital. Maybe it's a veteran's place or a veteran's home or maybe it's the VA. You know, and again, you've got some COVID restrictions probably. Might make it a little bit more difficult. But maybe there's a way that you can come together as community, neighborhood, friends, whatever, and then give to those places and drop them off. One of the coolest things I was able to do one time while I was at the college and in control of the radio station, the general manager of the radio station, had a, a toy drive on campus. First time it had been done. And I was kind of surprised. Got some toys. Took it to a children's hospital, Los Angeles, and dropped them off. Couldn't go in because of uh, the nature of the kids and the illness. 
But uh, there, some kids got uh, some toys, and it was just a little effort, you know, and the response was really cool. And it's doing something for others that really makes the difference. You know, the other thing that's kind of difficult is to uh, deal with the loss of a loved one. I think we have to acknowledge our feelings and know that it's okay to feel some sadness and some grief around the loss of our loved ones. You know, just because it's the holiday season, we don't have to feel forced to feel happy and joyous. Families are changing, so traditions can change as well. You know, if grandma was always the one that was making the family Christmas dinner, you might necessarily want to put on that stress of making that dinner for your entire family. Instead, you could pick her favorite restaurant and you know, take the entire family there so you're sharing it with everyone that loved her and has have memories with her and you're with your family. Um, if there's financial stressors it, with the addition of losing your loved one, you know, if grandpa always donated to a specific charity, you might want to consider going to volunteer at an event that that charity is holding, you know, because you get, again, you get to remember your loved one, spend time with your family that is here to celebrate, and also get a chance to volunteer, which is a great way to lift your spirits and joy at this time of the year. It might require some creativity, some new tradition, but there's ways to memorialize. My Aunt uh, Catherine, she was the well, like my grandmother, I guess, first of all. And then my Aunt Catherine was the one that really hosted the holidays, especially like Christmas Eve was the family get-together for us. And so she was the one that would really kind of host things. Um, she's passed on a couple of years now. Obviously, we moved away. You know, families kind of spread out, so it was a little bit harder. My Aunt Penny then kind of picked up the pace uh, as far as, or, you know, picked up the whatever you want to call it, um, you know, took over. And then we would get together and have family events, and she'd be hosting them. But now, again, we've moved, and, People and family are kind of scattered across the country, and so it's time for new traditions, time for new things. Maybe meet some new people. Maybe have some new traditions with maybe family that uh, is in the area. You never know. So it's one of those things that times change. The only guarantees in life, death, change, and taxes. And more taxes, more taxes. Go to the bar. Have a drink. Have a Christmas drink. But no, but so there's going to have to be some realistic expectations about what's going on. So again, if you look at your life and you see where your life is compared to the past, you might have to realize, okay, you know what? Change has happened. People aren't here. It's a unique situation. What am I going to do to create the new family traditions, holiday traditions, whatever it might be? Because... That's what we got to do. You know, you think about it. You think about December 7th, 1941. And I believe if you watch kind of Pearl Harbor, I think it's the Pearl Harbor movie. um, People are just going about their day, not even thinking that anything's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, in an instant, there's an explosion and life changes. Okay. We all learned that with COVID. In an instant, life can change. So we're used to that. So what are we going to do? to create an exciting holiday season, to create an exciting life. A lot of this stuff can be taken into just regular life. Put the holidays aside in real life. You know, we can use some of these same strategies and do this with real life, but it starts with the mind. Your thoughts create your feelings and what your feelings like. 
And of course, then a lot of people with the holidays, especially like Christmas and Hanukkah, it's a religious holiday. And so a lot of people like to celebrate their religious side of the holiday. And so um, people are always asking what the true meaning of Christmas is. You got that Christmas spirit, the Christmas miracle, the Christmas star. A lot of movies we'll talk about, especially if you're watching maybe uh, made-for-TV movies like Hallmark or some of those things. Um, Die Hard is still not a Christmas movie. Um, But anyways, so there's a lot of that that goes on to it. And so when people ask what the Christmas season means or what is Christmas about for you, I would answer it this way, me personally. And I'll use a, a scene from Charlie Brown, Linus, from Charlie Brown's Christmas, explaining what Christmas is to me. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. And saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And for me, that's what Christmas is about. I don't worry about the presents. I don't worry about the gifts. Are they important? Of course they are. Of course you want to be able to give your loved ones and people that are special in your life something to remind them that they're cared for, that they're wanted, that they're appreciated. But is it the only thing? Is it the significance of the season for me? No. Because to me, there's something greater than what's going on in this world. One of the interesting things about that scene, if you watch Charlie Brown's Christmas, Linus drops the blanket. I believe it's the only time he is seen without a blanket. And there's a lot of significance in that. We clutch onto a lot of things in this world that really aren't good for us, that really don't do anything for us. Maybe it's a security blanket. But what's it really doing? What's it really providing? Or is it just something we're clinging to? Extra baggage. Maybe we need to let it go. Maybe there's a higher calling, a higher meaning. Maybe there's something more significant than what's going on in the world right now. Maybe we get lost in stuff going on. Maybe it's time for a new reflection. Maybe it's time to rethink how we approach life, what's important to us. So as you go through the holiday season, as you go through Christmas, or maybe you're celebrating Hanukkah, what's the meaning? What does it mean for you? Is it about the presence? Is it about the giving? Is it about the receiving? If it's about tangible things, it might be a tough holiday season because supposedly there's a supply chain issue and those things might not be available. Maybe it's time to invest in memories, getting together with people 
maybe planning trips, maybe creating relationships, new ones, maybe mending old ones. That's something that you'll have to decide and think about. But maybe take this holiday season and think about think about life a little bit deeper instead of running around the holidays, racking up financial debt, and then panicking come December when the credit card bills come rolling in. You know, now we're excited because the postman or whatever shipping company you use is dropping off packages and Christmas cards and letters. You open your email box and there's emails from people. And then January hits and it's a different tune. We're starting out the new year excited with all of our resolutions. But then we also have all that other stuff coming in. So we start the, the new year anticipating excitement. And then all of a sudden within a month or two, we're like, uh, because the burdens of the holidays are catching up. Maybe it's time to rethink things. Maybe it's time to reach out to people. Maybe it's time to do something for others and less about us. Maybe it's time to overcome those obstacles. Maybe it's time that you're going to, you know what? I'm going to be motivated and I am going to, and then do it. But it starts with the mind. We talk about that all the time. You know, things I talk about on the show are passion, taking your passion, making it happen. Let yourself be great, passion and greatness. Then we talk about other things like inspiration. Are you going to be inspiration to others? Are you going to inspire others to raise their standard and bring out that inner greatness? Are you going to motivate others to take action to do that? What's your lifestyle like? Is it one that's going to be an example to others? What's your heart like? Because what's on your heart is on your mind. What's on your mind is your actions. But then ultimately, what's your mindset? Your thoughts create your feelings. How are you feeling? Maybe you need to change your thoughts. And it's okay to talk to people. It's okay to share with people. There's no weakness in that. Maybe you need to reach out to somebody that's a friend, a confidant, a colleague. Maybe it's someone a little bit more official, a therapist, a minister, priest. That's okay. It's okay to do that because these are difficult times. But December 7th, 1941 was also a difficult time. A lot of loss. A lot of people's lives changed forever. The country changed forever. And yet... That righteous might rose up. People responded. The resolve was there to rebuild, rebuild that fleet in the Pacific and eventually lead to victory. And you can do that in your life as well. Whether it's the holiday season, whether it's anticipating the new year, or just day to day, have that resolute attitude that you're not going to be defeated that you're not going to allow the obstacles in life to get to you, that you're going to overcome. You may be set back. You may take a hit. You might have to recover, but it's not defeat. You're going to continue to push forward. You're going to chase your passion. You're going to chase your dreams. You're going to make it happen. You're going to put those toxic people out of your life. You're going to have the mindset of a lion where they see a pack of hyenas and you're going to attack. You're going to let that inner greatness come out. They always say, you know, so-and-so is the life of the party. Why don't you be the so-called life of the party in life? Be the person that people look up to. Be the person that people come to for advice. 
be the person that people will look at and be like, wow, they really got their stuff together. You might not, but you're conveying that confidence that whatever's going on, I'm going to overcome. But then have the flexibility to realize that you might have to change course and redirect, that you might need to consult with other people. You might need just to vent or share with other people. But whatever you do, don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. My name is Sonny, and you can find us online. The best place to find us is at uh, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. If you go there, you can find shows, videos of the shows. You can find audio of the shows. You can download audio of the show and take it with you. You can find us on Spotify, Pandora, but the links are all there. So RadioWarp.com, that's RadioWARP.com is the best best place to go. We also air the show on there uh, throughout the week at different times, including our live show every Tuesday night at uh, 8 p.m. Pacific and 11 p.m. Eastern. And then we replay it that same night on Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. Pacific and 1 a.m. Eastern for the Night Owls. And then on Instagram, you can find us, the show at TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Um, there's a link, a link tree link in the bio that will take you to a lot of different places, including a swag shop where you can find some cool merchandise. You can also go to the YouTube, the SoundCloud, and some of those places directly from Instagram. And if you uh, subscribe to our channels, you'll get notified when new shows are posted, and then you never miss an episode. Um, my personal Instagram, which is a little different, I put more personal pictures and stuff up there. You find out more about me is at Edem Rocks, E I D E M R O C K S. That's Edem Rocks, E I D E M R O C K S. And so those are a couple of ways that you can find me online, whether it be uh, Instagram or whether it be the website, radiowarp.com. You can also download the app and take us with you on the go. Just go to your app store and search for Radio Warp app. That's Radio Warp, W-A-R-P, app, A-P-P, and just download it and take us with you on the go. And if you want to do anything for me this holiday season, it's just tell a friend. You know, spread the word, get the word out there. If you like Two Steps Ed podcast, let people know that the show is here. Let them know where they can find it, RadioWarp.com. And uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we'll be here through the holidays, not going anywhere, but just want to take this opportunity to wish you a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah. Again, we're not going anywhere, but I know you guys might be going places, so you might miss a show or two, so I understand that, but just want to give you the opportunity to wish you a happy holidays. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Much appreciated. I know some of you reach out to me. If you'd like to Send me a message. You can DM me on Instagram or you can just send me an email at TWO, two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com and uh, I'll respond. So that's going to do it. You guys have a great one. We'll see you next time. Again, Sonny, I'm telling you to take your passion, make it happen. Let yourself be great here on Two Steps Ahead podcast. We'll see you next time.